When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you want great new romance books to read but are overwhelmed by all of the publishing buzz? Let us help. We've been begging you for months. It is time. It is time to tell TBR about your reading likes and dislikes and what you're looking for. And you can just sit back and relax while your bibliologist handpicks recommendations just for you. It's the best kind of self-care. TBR offers plans to receive either hardcover books in the mail or recommendations by email, so there is an option for every budget. TBR is produced in partnership with Print, which is a bookstore in Portland, Maine. So you can treat your shelf and support an indie too. And TBR is also available as a gift. What are you waiting for? It is time to visit mytbr.co to sign up today. That's mytbr.co, or you can click the link in the show notes to finally get on board with TBR. Hello, welcome back to When in Romance, where we talk about all things romance novels and romance landia and romance authors and other apocryphal things related to romance. <laughs> it is Thursday, August 20th, and uh, we are recording episode 66. Wow. Yeah. I'm Jess. <laughs> and I'm Trisha, and you crushed all of that. Well done, Jess. I could tell that you were a little hesitant through parts of it, but you got it all right. It's always the date. I'm pretty <laughs> sure of the date until about three seconds before I have to say it. See, and my little, little calendar thing that I never use is at the bottom of my desktop, so I can, I can, always, I can always tell. Mine just says Thursday and the time. <laughs> Oh, that's not helpful. I, I know. mean, it's probably helpful in many, many ways, 99% of the time. But for that one five second span mm -hmm. on the When in Romance podcast, you know, I also appreciated how you talked about how we discuss all of romance things generally, because at some point soon, and we don't have time for it today, but at some point soon, we are going to sit and listen to Jess Pride talk about her feelings on Sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> because... <laughs> They came up a little bit today on the Book Riot Slack, and I was surprised by how strongly you felt about the characterization of that film as a rom-com. I am always surprised by how strongly I feel, and it's happened, I, I've like railed at it more often now that it shows up on popular on Netflix all the time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, someday we'll talk about that. We do not have time today, because that's like an episode right there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe sometime we'll we'll talk about the expansion of the romance genre definitions beyond just book. Because actually, and I'm, I'm again, I'm not going to start this because we have a lot to cover today. <laughs> but by the romance definitions, it kind of counts as romance. I know. So I don't know. We'll we'll come back to it. We're going to put a pin in that. I'm going to put a note in our show notes to get back to it, possibly on episode sixty-seven. 
We'll see. We'll see. But I have a feeling that that's one y'all are going to want to tune into. I think you're really going to enjoy it. So. <laughs> but as we said, we actually have a lot to cover today, and we don't necessarily want to feel compressed for time for our first couple of topics because they are important. And so we're just going to knock out an ad spot now, and then we will come back with you. Yes, we will. So let us thank Book Riot and Book Riot Insiders for sponsoring this episode. Book Riot Insiders is the digital hangout spot for the Book Riot community. Enrich your reading life with our Book Riot Insiders perks. We've got three levels to insiders, short story, novel, and epic. Get it? Get it? And you can try any level out for free for two weeks. The highlight is our group read, hosted online, available to all Epic members. Each quarter we'll read a book, voted on by Epic subscribers, that will fulfill at least one task of the 2020 Read Harder Challenge and cap off our read-along with a live chat. Insiders also get access to our new release index, so they can keep track of upcoming releases they're most excited about, exclusive podcasts, bookish merch deals, and more. Head to insiders.bookriot.com to start your free two-week trial. That's insiders.bookriot.com. All right. So the first thing that we wanted to spend a little time on today is really devastatingly sad news that romance writer Corey Alexander, who wrote under the name Zen West, has passed away. And I think you and I both just felt that for for probably different reasons, but I don't think that their impact can be underestimated. I I really think that despite the fact that Corey under their pen name did not have the kind of success of some of the authors that we've talked about, their impact to me on the romance discourse and discussion and community, it just really, I felt, has resonated over the course of the last, at least the last few years. Absolutely. Corey worked alongside me as one of the first judges for the Rip Bodice Awards, so I didn't get to do a whole lot of conversing with them. But even in that small space, their impact was huge. And uh, just taught thinking about what we were looking for with what we wanted to say were the best books, our favorite books to come out in a year, and how we really wanted to give a really good standard and criteria for that beyond just, is it well-written? Is it good? Is it a romance? Is it fun? Well, it doesn't have to be fun, but you know what I'm saying. So there was that element, and then there was everything else that Corey was doing that we had the privilege of being privy to and aware of and made aware of and allowed into. Corey had so much discourse on diversity, disability, on kink. Their books set in that connected universe where we got to see fat, kinky people of varying ages and gender identities sexual preferences along the spectrum of gray ace sexuality, like so many things that you just don't see in, especially in traditional romance, but just in romance at large. 
they were able to expose us to and help us learn about. And also, I think Corey had the most discourse on content warnings and trigger warnings in romance that I recall seeing early on. And then the conversation just sort of grew and grew and grew. And there's just so much that Corey brought to the table every single day on top of being a very supportive person from afar on Twitter and potentially other social media. I'm not sure. I mostly communicated with them via following their, their Twitter. We didn't, we weren't friends, but we were mutuals and it was always great to see what they were thinking of, what they were putting out, what they wanted to share with Romance Landia as a whole. And it was, it's just. There's now a, a large gap in in all of our lives. Yeah. And I think my experience was similar to yours in that for whatever it is worth, better or worse, indifferent, a lot of my experience with Corey also was what I learned from them. I think Corey, despite, again, not having as many sales as a lot of authors, was really well respected among the authors that we respect. Mm-hmm. And I think that the term that I have been thinking about a lot since learning about their passing is grace. Because I think, as you talked about, Jess, Corey was a person who had a important and not as unique as a lot of people would think perspective as a person who was disabled as a person who was autistic as a person who was trans queer jewish they knew what absolutely knew what it was like to have people not understand or not take the time to learn about their perspective and cory was always i felt so patient in wi- being willing to teach and share that experience in a way that none of us have a right to expect from anyone. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think that's where the grace in my mind comes in. I um, When I was, gosh, now probably 15, 10, 15 years ago, I uh, met someone who I'm still friends with now, who I was in my early 20s, and I didn't have a lot of implicit understanding of things like patriarchy and homophobia and transphobia and inclusion. And my friend was someone who educated on on those kinds of topics. And I was incredibly ignorant. And I cannot imagine the amount of patience that it took for them to be willing to help me learn and understand, which is a thing that, like I said, none of us have any right to expect from anyone, because that's a that's a huge burden. It's a tremendous amount of labor, mm-hmm. whether it's asking folks to educate us on the kinds of issues that Corey did about disability, about sexuality about being jewish or queer or trans but cory was was willing for some reason to do that work and i i genuinely believe as as devastating as this loss is to the romance world and to the discourse and to the conversation i genuinely believe that there was an impact on a lot of people because of the work that cory was willing to do and you know it it doesn't in any way erase that loss cory was was quite young to have died. And so, as you mentioned, there's a huge hole. But I do think that it's worth paying tribute as well to the impact that they had, which I think is is measurable and, it, and which I think will continue to resonate for years to come. Absolutely. Definitely. 
So we'll we'll link to Corey's blog if anything else comes to mind that makes sense. Uh, you know, we'll link to that too. There was a GoFundMe, but they raised all of the money and closed it down, which is uh, also a tribute to how much Corey meant to folks. But there are also there are a variety of titles. I mean, you know, Corey, as we mentioned, wrote under the name Zan West. We'll link to their books and. Yeah, hopefully you find them. Hopefully between their blog and their books, you find something that that connects with you in one way or another. So we're thinking about all of the people that have been impacted by Corey and and those who love them and were friends and family and family of all different kinds. So many thanks to Corey for the impact that they had on our discourse. Mm -hmm. And there's no good way to transition from something like that. But what I will say is that I think given the impact that Corey and and folks like them have had on discourse, things like uh, national events around romance have gotten a lot more interesting and gotten a lot more inclusive. And there's still a lot of work to be done, but there is something to celebrate in the way that folks are talking about romance and ensuring the inclusivity of it. So uh, one of those national romance events where we get to all celebrate the genre and the impact that it has on people's lives and communities is Bookstore Romance Day, which you, in fact, Jess, were a part of this year. I was. I was invited to moderate one of Harlequin's panels. It was the lunch panel, but I'm on Pacific time. So it was 10 a.m. and I just had my first cup of tea. But it was an amazing day just to be on Twitter, I think. Because there were so many things happening. You know, Harlequin was having 45-minute panels all day Eastern time. But bookstores everywhere were jumping on that virtual game and hosting panels featuring all kinds of authors from everywhere. And the fact that we could be able to – that I could be able to be a moderator of a panel where – there was me and three other people. Three of us were black. Two of us, at least, were queer. And a, and a romance panel was just amazing. That like, I hate that it took this to push us into this breadth of um, virtual programming. But I feel like even though last year's Bookstore Romance Day was really good and vibrant, and I got to go to one of my uh, local bookstores that is romance friendly and go to a panel and meet some great people. This was just so much bigger. And uh, we got to, we got to find more stores that were, that we discovered are into this and wanted to participate in a very public way. And it was just very delightful to watch happen, even though I could hardly watch any of the panels because it was it was just like, oh, it's noon. Oh, it's one. Oh, it's two. Oh, it's three. But a lot of them are preserved. So if you want to watch them in your own time, you can do that now. Although I'm not sure how many of the bookstores posted their their panels later. I know the official bookstore romance day ones that were done by Harlequin and Avon and a couple other sponsors are are definitely there. And Bookstore Romance Day, I have to acknowledge, was put together and coordinated by one human. Like, I believe she is an amazing person who was able to coordinate all of this and 
get sponsors after relieving uh, themselves of sponsors earlier in the year because of certain things that were happening. <laughs> uh, if, mm-hmm. if, you, if you don't know what those certain things were, just listen a few episodes back and you'll be reminded. Yeah. Well, and uh, I mean, there's at least eight videos here on the Bookstore Romance Day YouTube page, which we will link to, and I will link to the uh, Bookstore Romance Day website as well, in case there are others that are not explicitly part of this playlist. But I do think, Jess, one of the points that you made just now is worth echoing, which is that as as much as <laughs> as much as 2020 is a real mess for mm. all of us, and everyone is. I, I don't in any way mean to make light of, of the many, many struggles that people are dealing with. When you can find a silver lining, it is helpful and nice to be able to celebrate it. And I do think that one of those is that, you know, a lot of these virtual panels and discussions would not be happening if it were not for all of the many terrible things. So I'm not saying let's lean hard into the terrible things because that's not great. <laughs> no. Like, let's, let's tolerate the terrible things as long as we have to and then as soon as we don't have to anymore dismiss them but also maybe learn the lesson that some of these virtual conversations and virtual panels and you know discussions are are really interesting and they're cool and there has been a lot of opportunity to support romance bookstores and well bookstores that sell romance which as we've discussed before is not all of them Mm -hmm. but you can certainly find some more resources on the Bookstore Romance Day website, which again, we will link to. And I uh, did a little digging and and now have, because I was actually traveling the whole day on Saturday. So I missed all of the many events, but I now have flagged this panel with the lovely and brilliant face of Jess Pride, just ready to go right here <laughs> in her Alyssa Cole t-shirt, uh, all set. And I'm super excited to, to dig into it. And I, like you said, I in many cases, would not have had the opportunity to do that. So it's, it is, we take the wins where we can get them right now. But that's a good philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And did you want to talk at all about the map that I think you and I have talked about before? And I don't know that we've talked about on the podcast before that Jen, uh, Jen Reed's romance is, I can never remember her real last name, because that is her Twitter handle. (laughs) Uh, But she that she put together. Do you want to talk about that at all? So because we live in a time where any any amount of time could be a couple hours or three weeks, I can't <laughs> I can't tell you exactly when Jen Prokop maybe yes yes mm-hmm. <laughs> started this project, but there was a conversation that started about carrying romance in indie bookstores and the fact that there weren't a whole lot that we all knew about that where you could go into an indie bookstore and ask for romance novels and not only be directed to a place where you could buy them, but also not sneered at by the people running the store. So she started asking people to to send names of stores and locations, and she started building out this map that I think she still hosts on her website of bookstores across the country, maybe North America, I can't remember if she gets into Canada, where someone who reads romance can vouch for that bookstore and say they are romance friendly. And, you know, 
some of these bookstores are ones that participated in Bookstore Romance Day, but I can't tell you all of them were. And then it was nice to watch it grow as she got more information and more people sort of discovered it because while there are far more independent bookstores in the country than dots on that map, it's a bigger number than I expected it to be. So that yeah. was that was really nice because I can't tell you even when I was living in DC before the romance explosion there, I'm so upset that happened after I left. Fair. How many bookstores I would go into that like either didn't bother or kind of grudgingly did so. I remember uh, Capitol Hill Books, which is a used bookstore there, actually had a giant sign that was like, we will not take bodice rippers. And it was like, fine here's my money for this used Anne Rice book. You'll 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 sell me this one, but not a romance novel. Okay. Um. Yeah. If I'm thinking of the same bookstore, I'm pretty sure that bookstore is owned or at least was for a long time by a crotchety old white man. Yes. Mm -hmm. Maybe he's a lovely human being, but it sounds like maybe he was not fully aware of how great and wonderful romance could be and was not open to learning about it. So instead, we go to politics and bros. Yes. Mm -hmm. Or East City Bookshops. Yes. Or, um, gosh, is it Loyalty Books? I think that Loyalty. bought out Upshur. So, I mean, there's, yeah, there are some, actually, yeah, you're not wrong. At this point in the greater DC area, area there are a lot of really wonderful so we're very fortunate. I actually, I feel like in Tucson, you guys have some as well that you've shouted out from time to time. Yeah, I mean, I got to shout out Mostly Books, um, who hosted a panel last year that was actually a live podcast recording. And this year, obviously, we weren't going anywhere, but I decided to order some books through their website on Saturday. And I got an email from the owner who was like, I'll put a tote bag aside for you for when these books come in, because I always order books that have to be mailed in from the warehouse somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, fair. Mm -hmm. And I will um, try to link Jen's map if it still exists. I, w I think it does. Because um, it's been a couple of years now, Jelly. Yeah. I, I now picture time in where I was. And I was in my old apartment when that uh, first discussion started happening. So I think it's been a couple of years. I actually did a post about a year ago, not quite a year ago, about why it's important for indie bookstores to sell uh, romance books. And it was before I visited what is now one of my favorite all-time indie bookstores, which is the Haunted Bookshop in Mobile, Alabama. So I'll link to them too. But yeah, if you all have favorite indie bookstores that are selling romance and, as Jess said, are not selling it with a side of side eye, which <laughs> is not cool or fun, do feel free to let us know. We're happy to shout out anybody who is who is doing that. So let us know and we will um, take that good news on our next, you know, our next episode, right? Why not? Absolutely. All right. Before we get into some recommendations, some some what what you might be interested in doing this summer, <laughs> we will do one more ad spot that we are excited about. And we are grateful to The Switch by Beth O'Leary for sponsoring this episode of When in Romance. A grandmother and granddaughter swap lives. I did not read that wrong. That is what it says. Grandmother and granddaughter <laughs> swap lives in this charming romantic novel from the internationally best-selling author of The Flat Share, Beth O'Leary. Neither Eileen nor Lena 
finds that her new life is exactly what she'd imagined. But could love be waiting at someone else's door? I feel like it is not at all surprising that if you are a grandmother or a granddaughter, your new life as the other might not be surprising. But uh, I'm excited to check this one out. Helena Hunting, the author of Meet Cute, said that it's refreshing, engaging, and thoroughly enjoyable. Everything you could ask for. And in a Booklist starred review, the good people at Booklist said that it is a, a book that brilliantly encompasses all of the humor and whimsy of the flat share. The flat share is for sure a book that is a top favorite over at the Book Riot site. I believe actually just that when we talked to Sarah Wendell of Smart Bitches Trashy Books last year, she mentioned that it was one of her favorites so far of 2019. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm excited to check this one out. I it was I will confess it was not on my radar yet, but I am excited about the Switch by Beth O'Leary. So huge thanks to them for sponsoring this episode. It comes from Macmillan, and you can find a link in our show notes. Hooray. Hooray. And speaking of books that people might want to find, (laughs) uh, (laughs) I was talking with Jess a little bit, gosh, probably a few weeks ago now when we were figuring out what to do on our last episode. And I mentioned that one of the other brilliant teams of podcasters at uh, Book Riot had a really fantastic idea, which was you know, here's the thing that I guess we've all forgotten, I had forgotten in (laughs) in 2020, is that we're supposed to be over the course of the last week or two, like deeply immersed in the Summer Olympics. Mm -hmm. And as you might recall, somewhere between four months and 78 years ago, (laughs) they got delayed to 2020, because there is a pandemic happening. And so our brilliant, wonderful friends at the For Real podcast did an episode about a month ago called When You Miss the Summer Olympics, uh, talking about nonfiction books uh, for, you know, missing the Olympics. So uh, first of all, a quick shout out to them. Alice and Kim are brilliant and wonderful and so smart. And their podcast is, is, I mean, is it as wonderful as ours? I mean, is any? It's hard to say. But... (laughs) Uh, they are really smart and funny and great. And um, it's a nonfiction podcast. So if you are at all interested in nonfiction books, and you are, you know, looking to balance out your romance reading, or even just listen to a couple of other smart, fun, wonderful humans, please do check out the For Real podcast. I will link to their Summer Olympics episode in particular. But it made me think, Jess, like there are so many romance books that deal with sports. Like that's a real thing. There really are. And I got to tell you, I can't, I couldn't even remember all of the ones that I read. Because, <laughs> in part because I'm not sure if I've read any this year. No, that's a lie. I have. It's August. I had to have. I read one like two weeks ago. <laughs> but I mean, it's 2020. It's August in 2020, though. So it's a different kind of August. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I I really enjoy sports books. And I always have, although um, some of them can get a little repetitive. Like, I'm not going to lie, I've I've read the first three play-by-play books and cannot bring myself to read the next 20. <laughs> and the thing that's funny about that is that I don't even remember which series that is. Those are the J.C. Burton ones that are oh. like different sports. So the first one's a baseball player <laughs> and the cover is just like perfect. <laughs> I was just going to say, those are the books that you know by their covers. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, as soon as you said the J.C. Burton books, the first cover, like, flat. It's a lot. I'm going to be, I'm just going to tell y'all just, like, exactly what we're talking. It's a lot of abs. It's, it's a, a lot, lot of abs. It's, like, even more abs than than should fit on one person. <laughs> but they do. And then you think to yourself, hey, all right, maybe I could read this book. All right. And you you click in. And, and yeah, I think you're right, Jess. Like, I think I've read the first one or two of those. And, uh and the covers are are lovely but yeah that's a it's a lot of abs in that series it's a lot of abs now the ones that i read they were fun i think oh, yeah. i own like four more and then the, like i said there's like another 20 and and like the main character of one of the like the 20th book is the teenage son of the people in the first well he was a teenager in the first book and the main the like football player adult anyway and he's sure. an adult in like the 20th book and has his own st- it's there's a lot oh, a lot going yeah. on there <laughs> he's like the stepson of okay it doesn't matter okay we're, we're in a rabbit hole but no i totally remember that kid i think he gets in trouble and the, yeah. yeah all right okay yeah okay but <laughs> speaking more of books that are about sports that we are uh excited about that, that feature whatever number of abs is appropriate mm-hmm. do you want to kick us off and tell us a series or a book that you're excited about absolutely so i always want to talk about nicole falls i don't know what it is i think she's just She's got a delightful humor to her writing style, and her books are not very long, so you can just sit down and read one, and then move on and read another one if you really want to, because Girl is prolific. And one series that I have really enjoyed of hers um, starts with the change-up, and it's a group of girlfriends who... You know, they're all in sort of different places in their lives. They all have very different personalities, but work very well together. And in the first one, um, the main character, uh, who's a woman, is a baseball player. And she is trying, I almost said auditioning, trying out for <laughs> um, the national team. And for some reason, she ends up in sort of a social media beef with a sports critic and it's it's like contentious but also flirty and but they also sort of know each other it's it's an interesting setup but it's also really fun and delightful to read and then the second book um is a friend of of hers who is a a soccer player slash coach. And then the third book, which I honestly can't remember if it's out yet. Um, I know I haven't read it, but I'm excited for it because she is a golfer. So it's just such a nice range of summer sports that we have here. Um, And like I said, the first one is called The Change Up. And it's about women playing baseball like badasses. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And uh, your mention of golf, reminded me that when I was trying to remember, because I, like you, have read a a billion of these, but I was having a hard time last night remembering which ones I wanted to talk about and how and etc. And so I revisited a couple of Book Riot posts that I will link to, one of which is by Jess. She wrote a post not even a year ago about sports romances that aren't steeped in white supremacy culture. Key, because there's a lot of those. And then our wonderful, brilliant colleague, Amanda, 
uh, Deal has written, um, gosh, oh my gosh, three and a half years ago now, <laughs> 100 must-read sports romances, oh, which man. is a lot. The number, <laughs> uh, she could not have ever planned this, but number one is The Perfect Play by J.C. Burton <laughs> in that series we were just talking about with all of the abs. And as I uh, look at it, there's a lot of other body parts as well. So anyway, <laughs> I'll link to both of those. You can either take a quick look or not as you see fit. But one of the great things about Amanda is that she's so, so smart that a lot of the sports are ones that you don't always think about as, you know, your traditional sports, but also uh, it's a super inclusive and diverse list. And so um, I would recommend checking out both of those posts. And anyway, so there's that. (laughs) But more specifically, I will mention when you were talking just about the kind of rabbit hole that you can fall into in these different series about how this person is a friend of that person who has a son who marries Mm -hmm. the other son of this other person, etc. I kind of had to laugh internally because the first book that I'm going to recommend is called Love Hard. It's by Nalini Singh, Mm. who we've talked about multiple times on this show, I think even just in our last episode, uh, related to her SFF series, or maybe just SF. I don't know. It's short people and yeah i yeah you can search back anyway (laughs) nalini singh is wonderful but we've mostly talked about the Psy changeling series and in this case she has also written a couple of contemporary series that overlap so it's a little confusing because there's the rock series which is about a rock band but they overlap with the hard play series which is about four brothers who all Well, three brothers who play rugby and one who used to but doesn't want to anymore. (laughs) Anyway, let's focus in on Love Hard. So Love Hard is, uh, it features Jacob and Juliet. um, And one of the things that I will mention about this book is that it does feature a single parent. So if you are trying to do the Read Harder Challenge and still looking, uh, Jacob has a little girl. He, He was never married to the mother. He was wildly in love with her and she passed away unexpectedly. Um, They were quite young. I think Jacob and and his daughter's mother were both about 18 when the little girl was born. Uh, She died unexpectedly of meningitis. And as it turns out, six years later, Jacob's brother is marrying the close friend of Juliet. And so after having not really spent uh, a lot of time together, uh, Juliet was also Jake's daughter's mother. I don't want to call her his baby mama because they were like super in love and really, really close. <laughs> uh, Callie is the name of of the mother and who has passed away. And Juliet and Callie were best friends as high schoolers. And so anyway, it's kind of a they weren't it's not really like a enemies to lovers situation because they weren't enemies. They were just super different. But Juliet had very much of like that bad girl thing going. She had dealt with a lot of different issues in her own life and as a high schooler was was not in a great space. And so it is it's it's like more of a second chance kind of thing. They mm-hmm. were never together. They know that Callie would actually want this for both of them. There is like an adorable small child in these books. As we've talked about, if you're gonna have a small child in a romance book, they have to be adorable and charming. <laughs> so I will tell you this the first couple of chapters of this book focus on the wedding of a couple of people from a different book in the series. It's going to be a little annoying, but if you can just get through those two chapters, even if you haven't read any of the other books, you'll be fine. <laughs> uh, and it's a sort of like charming, lovely, you know, just kind of reading 
over a weekend kind of a book. So that's, uh, again, that's Love Hard. It's a rugby book because Jake is a star rugby player. I don't remember if I mentioned that in all the discussion of his lovely, charming daughter. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, and it's, and actually, I will be honest with you at this point now, I have read all of the books in that series and am now into the overlapping rock series as well. It's, it's a lot, but it's a nice little world to get lost in in these days. Yeah. Yeah. Worlds like that are, are interesting. Yeah. On a, similarly violent sport note um i guess rugby isn't (laughs) as violent i don't even remember where we're going with this but now i'm like now i'm like all in like ooh, tell me about the violence jess what what, where are we going here (laughs) well i don't really like watching boxing but i know that it's an olympic sport and it's kind of one of the things that is actually happening in sports right now. So maybe you don't need mm. pe- to watch, to read about people clenching people because that's one of the few things that is actually happening regularly on television. Um, but I thought about this because I don't really read a lot of boxing romances that actually have scenes during a match or a couple, I think, in this book. Um, and I just really, really enjoyed this book. So I want to mention Neighborly by Katrina Jackson, which is a book featuring, uh, Heaven and her boxer boyfriend, Calvin. And uh, they move into a duplex next door to Tasha and Steven. And uh, Heaven and Tasha are really into each other and their partners are supportive of it. So mm-hmm. it's a really, really interesting look at what it's like to be a boxer partner, what it's like to be the partner of a boxer partner, um, and also a lot of really steamy scenes. So sure, <laughs> because it's Katrina Jackson, and she cannot write a single thing that won't set something on fire. Um, I mean, listen, yeah, I think that's that's an endorsement if I've ever heard one. <laughs> So that's Neighborly by Katrina Jackson. Boxing happens, but so does a lot of other stuff. (laughs) Boxing happens, dot, dot, dot. And then that was just the end of it. (laughs) Uh, All right. I will mention um, one that I I will confess I'm only about half or two thirds of the way through. Uh, It's a book that is coming out. As you hear this tomorrow, it, com- it comes out August 24th, 2020. And that is Out on the Ice by Kelly Farmer. It's a hockey book. Have we talked about hockey yet? I don't think we've done hockey yet. No, we haven't. All right. Hooray. So it is a book about a current hockey player named Amy and a sort of retired, but you know how athletes are. They retire, but they're still like 35 or uh-huh. whatever. So Caro is... She was, you know, one of the best players in women's hockey. She's been on Olympic teams. I think she's got at least some championships, if not a gold medal. And then Amy is currently in uh, the hockey world, and she goes to help Caro's camp that's focused on getting uh, girls into hockey and, and making sure that they have opportunities in Chicago. It's This book is lovely. It's It's kind of a slow burn, I will tell you that, but it's a good kind of slow burn that really focuses on the character development. Mm-hmm. Um one of the other things about it that I really like is that Amy is bisexual and there's a lot of discussion of that. And there's a lot of discussion of how hurtful and frustrating bi erasure can be. And she has to deal with, I guess I will say enough of it that 
I will put a content warning on it, but I will also say that I feel like Kelly Farmer deals with it in such a way that is very honest about what that feels like. And it is never, and again, I'm only, I'm not all the way through it yet. So, so we'll see, but it's not ill-intentioned, which I realize does not make a difference all the time for how it feels to people, but it's, it, it does feel a little bit uh, more like it has that kind of grace we were talking about earlier or that educational value. And when a book, in my experience at least, does have a bisexual character, there's not always that much focus on ensuring that people really kind of understand what that means and what the impacts are for a person. So that's really valuable to it. It's like I said, there's a lot of character development. It leans hard into the fact that Amy has a, a little bit of uh, Megan Rapino in her uh, to the extent <laughs> that I want to say before we get even 10% into the book, someone even like jokingly calls her that. Uh, she has pink hair and, you know, she's, you know, kind of uh, has that kind of out there extroverted personality. But she has to balance that with the fact that Caro is, is much more personal and focused on her own life and, and some of the challenges that she's dealt with. It's also a book that's really, really honest about therapy and counseling and the value of those things. So yeah, so again, I'm, I'm not all the way through, but so far, Out on the Ice by Kelly Farmer is, is a delightful FF read uh, focused on hockey rinks. I'm learning a lot about hockey, Jess. I didn't know a lot about hockey. That's cool. That's cool. Haha. <laughs> Did you do that on purpose? I did. Because it's ice? I did. Well done. I did. God, you're so smart. <laughs> you're so smart. <laughs> While we're in the arena of winter sports, um, especially rink, rink-centered winter sports, I think I'm going to put these two recommendations together because they go, they both could be amazing segues from yours. And I don't know which one to, ah, to do because it's like, do it. speaking of bisexual people and hockey. And so it's like, how do I even do that? Mm-hmm. So first I will mention So Forward by Mina Viesguera, who is a romance class author. So, um, the majority of her books are set in Manila, um, in the Philippines. And this is the third book in a series and is kind of happening at the same time as the second book. So um, if you want to read the series in order, they're all out. Or if you just want to read this one, um, or if you want to read this, which whatever you want to do, I don't care. But this one... <laughs> Jess isn't keeping track. You do you. You do you. This one is interesting because like, I have never seen... The Cutting Edge 3, but there's this whole thing about it because he is a former figure skater and she is a former hockey player for their their national team. Um, so they both are have known about each other because they trained at the same place and now they are being brought together to do sort of a um an exhibition show for some company that's sponsoring a big thing. Um and some company by some company, I mean the company that she works for now. Um, so it is more sports adjacent, but there is a lot of the element of the sport in it. And also he is the bisexual character, which is not a common thing. And mm-hmm. they also talk a lot about it. And he's also working on getting his MBA and hasn't told anybody because he doesn't want to fail and then have to like tell people he failed. So he'd rather just fail in secret. Um, but he's actually really good at the work and has good ideas. And she 
is helping him with that. So there's all kinds of stuff happening off the ice, but there are also cute scenes on the ice and he's like teaching her how to dance and all kinds of great things. So that's so forward. Um, But I also wanted to quickly mention the hat trick series by Avangale and Piper Vaughn, which the third one is coming out very soon. Uh, I don't recall if it's this coming week or in the in the weeks to follow, but it's very soon, and I am excited to read it and talk about it. But this is a series of books about queer hockey players. Um, so the first two books are both male male, and the second book is actually both characters of color. And they have a lot of conversation about being a black hockey player and an Asian hockey player and what that means in the sport and in the world and all of that. So that is like the whole series is great. I love both of the authors. So of course, when they write together, it's going to be wonderful. And it's just a delightful series about hockey. I too learned a lot about hockey reading those books, especially the second one, they're both goalies. So there was all kinds of language that I was learning. Um, But so that's the hat trick series by Avangale and um, Piper Vaughn. All right, I will give you one more recommendation than a couple of honorable mentions. And the recommendation I will give you is The Hot Shot by Kristen Callahan. It is another series book. It's a about a group of football players. It's actually the fourth in the series, but it's the only one that I have read and I was able to keep up with no trouble. Part of the reason that I wanted to mention this one is that it's a it's about a football player of some kind. I actually don't remember what <laughs> position he plays. I know football and I forgot. Uh, it's been a little while since I read this one. But it, he and a couple of his teammates are doing a calendar to raise money for uh, some worthy charity. And as you can imagine, if you are a, a professional athlete, there's not a lot of, of clothing involved in the calendar. Uh, <laughs> and so it is a um, matchup between one of those football players and Chess, who is the um, the photographer taking photographs for the calendar. And I am not going to give you any background on her name because it's actually a part of the story, but uh, it's kind of delightful and funny. And that is kind of the you know working premise behind the whole book is that it is funny, but there's also a lot of depth to it. There's also a lot of dimension and figuring out how do you be in a relationship with someone who is super famous and who has many admirers. And the main reason that I wanted to actually mention this book is I don't actually think it's a spoiler because it's dealt with in sort of a almost offhanded, not big deal kind of way, but Chess can't have children. And so, you know, she it's a thing that, that she thinks about a little bit throughout the course of the book, but also she kind of doesn't I uh, there's it's it's tri- it's tricky to kind of talk about this. I th- I think she's not really obsessed with it. I don't know that she ever really even wanted to have children. And I think that sometimes, as much as fertility issues and, and miscarriage are, are traumatic and terrible for the people that are dealing with them, sometimes it, it may just be the case that someone who can't have children doesn't really want to necessarily have children and, and that they kind of make peace with that reality a little bit more easily. And it it's not in any way, like I said, meant to diminish how painful and difficult that is, is for a lot of people. But there's more than one way to experience any kind of circumstance. And one of the things that I kind of appreciated about this book was that 
that was in no way the focus of the conversation, but it was a reality that this couple had to address and deal with. So yeah, I I guess your mileage may vary and think (laughs) a little bit about whether or not that's a good fit for you. If you want to DM me and ask any questions, please don't hesitate. Mm -hmm. But that's The Hot Shot by Kristen Callahan. It is the fourth book in a series, but I think you might enjoy all of them. And the only other things that I will mention are His Convenient Husband by Robin Covington, which is a gay marriage of convenient story between a retired football player and, uh, I gosh, I can't remember now, Vic, uh, Jess, Victor, I think he's an ice skater. Is that right? Uh, now I can't remember. Yeah, he's he's applied for political asylum. And so when he is rejected because he can't return to Russia because gay men are are persecuted and targeted there, Isaiah says, hey, let's just get married and then it'll be fine. Yeah, he's very limber, whatever he does. (laughs) Oh, that's a show title. And it's a great book. We've talked about it a million times, which is why I didn't want to get back over it here. But the other series that I'll mention that we've also talked about a bunch of times uh, is the playbook series by Alexa Martin. Um, The fourth book in that is actually coming out in October, but it starts with Intercepted. By Alex Martin, uh, which you may recall, <laughs> we discussed, we sort of didn't do a great job of discussing one episode and then uh, discussed a lot of times. <laughs> I think I mentioned the name of, I don't even know if I remember to mention the name of the book the first time we talked about it. But anyway, uh, we ended up doing a, I think a book club book uh, mm-hmm. discussion about it. So yep. anyway, um, it's a, it's another football series and Alexa is married to someone who used to play in the NFL. So her perspective is is super interesting too. And the fact that those books are solo narrated generally by one character. And so you you don't get the full picture of both sides, I think mm-hmm. is just a, a really interesting narrative strategy. So that's the playbook series. It starts with Intercepted. I know we both really loved Fumbled as well. Mm-hmm. Snapped is coming out. And so yeah, we'll link to those as well. Yep. And I will just, I will mention, I know I've already talked about Nicole Falls. Um, she and Alexandra Warren did a, uh, teamed up to write a duology about two basketball teams, uh, the Nymphs and the Trojans, the women's team and a men's team. Um, and thank you, Trisha, for reminding me about Longshot by Kennedy Ryan and that whole series. And we could also talk a whole episode about why there aren't more basketball romances when there are 20,000 football romances and maybe 12,000 hockey romances. But that conversation would fall in, would soon quickly fall into conversations about white supremacy that we just don't have time to talk about today. Um, but not today, maybe another day. <laughs> maybe another day. You know. Maybe not the same episode as Sleepless in Seattle, because you don't want me, like, go exploding. Um, but... <laughs> that is true. Although I feel like we could all learn a fair amount from Ranty Jess. <laughs> but I did want to mention those, since we're talking about summer sports, and basketball is also another thing that's actually happening right now. Don't forget to read about the, the ballers. So those that was the Nymphs and Trojans series by Nicole Falls and Alexandra Warren, and Longshot and the subsequent books by Kennedy Ryan. And just one more that I read and absolutely adored and just love the author is 40 Love uh, by Olivia Dade, which is a tennis book and there's actual tennis in it i learned more about tennis reading 40 love than i think i have in my life so (laughs) hey listen (laughs) 
I mean, you actually, and I have not, I have that book and haven't read it yet. So maybe when I'm ready, when it, maybe when I feel ready to learn about tennis, that will be the time. I'm not saying there's a lot about tennis. I'm just saying I know very little about tennis. <laughs> I don't even understand the scoring, Jess. Like I, yeah, I don't get it. Well, the the name 40 Love is a play on scoring tennis, but also the fact that the main character is celebrating her 40th birthday at a resort where the tennis instructor works. So romance authors are incredibly clever. They are. I think we know that. <laughs> and I will just say, um, if you are reading the Kennedy Ryan Longshot series, you should. It's brilliant. And you will get immediately hooked into it. But do check out the content warnings because they're not super present in the books. I think that's something that we've discussed before. And mm-hmm. that first book in particular um, does get pretty violent in a way that you might not expect if you are just going to read book. But again, I absolutely second that endorsement. It's a, it's a great book. And Kennedy Ryan is wildly talented. And anything that you can read by her, you certainly should at least check into. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I don't even think we got to everything on the agenda, Jess, but we here we are. Here we are. An hour in. So <laughs> so we'll call it for today. We'll put Sleeveless in Seattle on the agenda for next time. <laughs> And, you know, maybe also you can teach us about sports and racism. <laughs> well, I'll do a little research there. Maybe you can also teach me how tennis is scored. We'll see how it goes. I'm not saying I, I really know. I just know that 40 love is, is a score. Well, you know what? That's more than I think I knew. So <laughs> uh, I will say um, quick heads up to everybody. Our next episode is slated to come out on the United States Labor Day holiday. So we are actually not going to be in your feed in two weeks, but we will be in four and we will try to just like really save up all the the good impressive parts of what we do. If we <laughs> can figure out what those are. But we know what the good impressive parts of what our colleagues do. So huge thanks as always to our wonderful audio editor, Jen Zink. Also huge thanks to our colleagues at the For Real podcast, Allison Kim, for inspiring our discussion of summer Olympic sports, which just did a much better job than I did of actually remembering which are summer sports. So <laughs> my apologies to everyone. Uh, I just went sports broadly. And if you do have other books that you are talking about and thinking about that are related to summer, if you have other, you know, just books, thoughts, whatever else is going on, you know, if you have Mm -hmm. bookstores that you know are romance friendly and you would like us to shout them out, we are happy to do that. And folks can reach us, Jess, if they want to. Yes, yes, I can. You can always find us on social. I am at Jess's Reading on Twitter and at Jess underscore is underscore reading on Instagram. And I am at Trisha Haley Brown on both. We both can be reached on the When in Romance at BookRiot.com podcast. Uh, and email. Oh, yeah. I Okay. All right. <laughs> I give up for the day. Apparently, I'm out. I'm done. I did want to mention really quickly, and we the links will be in the show notes too. I, I think we may have had our whole conversation about Corey Alexander slash Zen West, uh, which is the name they wrote under without actually mentioning their books. And the three that I have offhand are Nine of Swords, Reversed, and Their Troublesome Crush. All three of those will be linked in the show notes, as will everything else that we discussed. So yeah, we're always very, very happy to hear from all of you. Please don't hesitate to reach out. Absolutely. And in the meantime, if you're reading, happy reading. Happy reading, everyone. Mm-hmm.